went through chemo. I went through one session of chemo. And today I had my blood test and my CT scan. And I'm supposed to be seeing the doctor on Monday. Okay. okay. And uh, I'm so thankful and blessed to be where I'm at. And to it's like the timing was right. Um, when it happened, not that it's a great thing, but when it happened, where I'm at right now in my life, my living situation and everything, like everything couldn't have fallen in line better. Mm. And um, and my, my wife works for the same company that gave me my chemo and she works hand in hand with the doctors. And she, she looked at my scans and she said, hey, I think everything's going to be okay. And I said, well, I hope so. And fingers crossed. And, and uh, sitting there with people who are 50 years older than you, hits you different and every time they come every day that i went you know you get to know people hey how you doing how you doing you sit you chit chat sit and chit chat with them and it's crazy you don't you don't realize it until you know every time they give you your 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 steroid or your your bag of chemo they ask you for your birthday Hmm. oh seven one nine six okay and they Hmm. put it up and then the person next to me Eight three from forty seven. I said, hmm. from what? And it wasn't hmm. until then that I started that that I began to like fathom and understand we are here for not a long time, and we need to make hmm. the best of it. Off the Mass Podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is David Silva. Uh, David and I have uh, a really powerful conversation about coming together, about masks, about emotions, about not feeling good enough, about so many topics that many men we meet talk about they also experience. Uh, he's a young man, and he is navigating life and experiencing things that uh, sometimes men never experience. And I'm excited for you to hear his conversation today. He and I uh, talk about a topic pretty deep for him. And uh, I reminded him that I am honored to not only know him, but I believe that him sharing his story is going to liberate many young men and men around the world to also find themselves liberated. I think there's a quote uh, about fear uh, by Marianne Williamson. And I think it talks about our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that, that scares us. And we, and we sometimes, um, we, we let our, our fear, like, I'm going to say it wrong, but sometimes our fear gets in the way. And what we know is that we get liberated by the opportunity to help others pass through their fear. Like when, when we are liberated by our own fear, we liberate others. <laughs> I'm just so excited that maybe, you, hopefully you caught on to what I was trying to say. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence liberates others. Man. And I'm hoping that his story will liberate others. Other men out there who may be dealing with health issues or challenges and they don't talk about it and they bottle it up. I know, like... Um, after my my camel ride, 
that camel shook me up. Like I was, I was, I felt shook up after I got off that camel. And I was thinking the pain is still trying to find its way out of my body. Oh. But it was fear in the way of me making that move. But it was also the goal of my life to not only go to the pyramids, but to ride a camel and to experience that. I can easily look back and be like, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. No, I'm glad. Absolutely, I did it. And now it's like, okay, this is the learning lessons from it. Everything we do, we have an opportunity to recognize that this too shall pass. Every moment is not going to be the highlight of the life. And every moment is not going to be in the pits. But we get an opportunity to just how do we stay equanimous, as they say in Vipassana meditation. How do we not get sucked into aversions? How do we not get sucked into cravings? But how do we just stay equanimous? And I'm not saying equanimity is easy. It may be easy to do when you're at the ashram or you're at a meditation retreat center with two meals a day and your last meal is at 5 p.m. and you're you're in a very silent place. No one's talking to you. No one's feeding you some of their stuff. I think it's easier, <laughs> but when you come back to the flat land and the heartland of the world and you're like, people keep running their mouth and people keep saying stuff I don't want to hear. How do we stay equanimous in those moments? And I'm really, be really beautiful to see how David has navigated his situation in a way of creating a morning practice for himself, having daily affirmations. And, you know, one of the things I learned um, in my journey, not only living in India, but then uh, coming back and uh, testing and finding my own practice is that I don't currently have a daily morning practice that I that I have uh, consistent with. But I'm but I think it's coming. It's it's I feel that in this conversation and a couple of other conversations I've had recently, that's what I need in the beginning to create my morning. Not picking up my phone and letting the work and the life drama in the world get me sucked in. But I need to kind of come and say, here's what I need my day to be like. If I'm going to write a book, I need to be writing a book. I need to have time on the calendar that's dedicated to me. I need to treat myself as if somebody who is important. Man, I think these are all things that are intellectually really easy to understand. And now it's the, the hard work. Now it's the heart work of putting them into action. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. We ask you to go and rate our podcast, like like, rate, whatever you do. Like it takes about three minutes, two minutes. I think people say it's going to take less. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing and let us know how we can make it even better for you. And if you know anybody that we should be talking to, please let them know. Let us know. We would love to meet them somewhere and find a way to have these conversations with them as well. We really appreciate you for all you've done. And as we get close to episode 100, we are we are right next to 100. Like we are 97, 98, 99, three more episodes and we're at episode 100. What a milestone for us as a small team. But we hope that with the 100 people we've talked to, with the more people that we've connected with, that the people who are listening to the episode, that they're learning that there are men out there who, who feel, men who speak. Men who speak about what they feel. And the more we can normalize that, we'll find more boys who learn that they can speak, that they can feel, and they can speak about what they feel. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for being a part of the Million Mask Movement. We hope you've already made your mask. And stay tuned for November 11th. 
11, 11, 22. Maybe you see the cool math in there. We're going to have a celebration here in the Bay Area. If you're not here in the Bay Area, you can watch us virtually, but we're going to be celebrating. Um, and between now and then, we're going to celebrate 100 new schools participating in the Million Mask Movement. Trainings and teachers being trained to facilitate workshops around the country. And we are looking for you. So if you know any teachers in your community who you feel could benefit by becoming a certified facilitator in the Taking Off the Mask methodology, please have them reach out to us. Please connect them to us, show them our website, show them a podcast, whatever way that you can get our information in front of them so that we can help them. And there'll be a, a little video ready coming up pretty soon that we're working on right now, but we thank you. And so thank you for being a part of this long intro today. Uh, we look forward to you hearing this episode with David Silva. Enjoy today's episode folks. Take care. David and I met over the last several years, and there's a couple of stories where we can talk about the entry points where we met. But today, I'm going to let David introduce himself, and then uh, we're going to jump into these masks. I believe that as we talk about the story of the mask, some of those weaving points will will show up in this conversation. Um, David, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's nice to be thank here. Thank you. Glad you're here, man. Thank you, thank you. So how about you tell folks about, tell the folks who you are, what what information do you want them to know about you as we get, jump into this conversation? Uh, well, David Silva, I'm originally from Oakland, and uh, I am a full-time welder, and they, I do streaming occasionally on Twitch, so I play a lot of games and stuff like that, and I'm currently trying to be more of a motivational speaker uh, sort of influencer for exactly what we're doing now, so... It's a little bit about nice. me. Yeah, I'm excited. Tell uh, maybe okay. We're going to come back to that because I want to. After we talk about these masks, I want to learn where that where that came from and what brought that about, right? But let's right. let's do the mask, and then I imagine that that story is going to weave into what is what this conversation is about, but also that next thing that you're trying to achieve in your life. So I'm excited for you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, All right. You, want, you can actually go first if you like. You want me to go first? Okay. All right. Well, folks, for those who, who have not made a mask out there, what we're going to do is we're going to share our mask. And the mask is what we call a representation of what you let the world see about you. Uh, the front of the mask are the things that we gladly let people see. And the back of the mask are the things that we don't usually talk about, don't let people see. And so the front of the mask is what we're going to share first. So I'll show you my picture and I'll show you what I wrote. So this is the picture I drew. Uh, this is the mask I drew today. Okay. And here, here are the words I drew today. Serious, caring, and dedicated. Um, and I think that the way these words popped up today, the way I'm, I mean, I'm really living them out today is, uh, today we had a field trip with some young people from our social emotional leadership Academy. Uh, it was a beautiful group. And we had a, we also have a, a, a black boys circle that meets usually separate. And today we just all came together. So there was like, you know, 16, 17 of us at the Oakland Museum. Uh, and it was a beautiful uh, exhibit. Um, and I think that as I was like getting there and kind of getting them kind of meeting each other, I know the young men have a hard time really meeting each other. So, you know, I give them the assignment, make sure you say hello to everyone. And I have to say it again. I have to say it again. And they still don't always do it. They kind of half do it. And I just, you know, there's no, there's no frustration, but it's also like, I'm trying to help them break past those cycles of like, like, 
why am I not willing to go up to a young man and say hello and introduce myself and like what are those things? So today I, I started off our conversation really serious today with them. I'm like, some of you didn't do the task. It was a simple task. But guess what? I know that everything that's simple is not easy, right? And so it's simple to go up to somebody and say hello and introduce yourself, but it's also very revealing and very exposing and very could be extremely uh, uh, anxiety provoking if you are not mm-hmm. a person who talks to people a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that was one today, but um, ultimately it was a serious note, but it was with a love and care. And so today I was exhibiting that and caring. And, you know, like I, one of my young men had to come from San Francisco. His mom wasn't able to bring him. So I had to go over to San Francisco, pick him up, bring him here, go to the library, I mean, the museum, finish the museum, take him back and then get here and have this conversation. So when I think about dedicated, I don't ask for any credit for being dedicated, but I think I'm really dedicated to things that are important to me. And I, and I, I think people who know me know that I am and I'm committed. And, uh, and that's, what's, uh, that's what's really real on my mask today. So serious, caring, and dedicated. Okay. I like that. And I actually share one with you. Uh, and I'll show my mask here. Okay. And, uh, this is mine right here. All right, all right. Had to put the glasses on there. And uh, here I have uh, happy, caring, and empowered. I, uh, I'm very, I show the world happy specifically because if I have a day where I'm just like quiet, I have my days where I just, I'm the complete opposite of, of I'm very loud and, you know, I'm just like that energy in that room. And if I'm not that, they're like, hey, what's wrong? I'm just like, nothing, I'm just... It's just one of those, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so um, that's that's typically what word is, is immediately associated with me. And then empowered, I like to take it upon myself to like feel like that I know what I'm doing. I, if, hmm. uh, if that kind of associates with empowered, like I want to, it, it kind of makes me think about, well, Let's go with the last one, and then I'll kind of touch back to empowered and caring because I always, I always like, hey, are you okay? I'm always that person to like ask and associate myself with others and stuff, and uh, you know, just try to see if everybody's okay. Um, so going back to empowered real quick, I uh, I learned that from when I was working at Chipotle, like, and the, what they associated with empowerment was, do I make you confident in your ability? And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, do I make you want to do these things and and reach uh like kind of like these high standards in this quality of work and i said well yeah and ever since then i took it upon myself to feel empowered with everything that i do and do it to the best of my potential so that's what i like to show the world mm-hmm. that's beautiful thank you thank you for sharing that i think something you said that, that stood out to me when you said uh if i go into a place and people are expecting me to be happy, the one in the room. And if I'm not, then they they ask me what's going on. And so I feel like, so you, I think I heard you say, so you feel like you have to have this the happy on all the time. And I yeah. guess the question, I, I mean, we're not in the question phase, but I'm going to ask the question now, just like, how hard is that? It's, uh, it, it can be extremely difficult. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now though, that I've, I've, I've been doing it for so long that it's just very, 
natural and just nonchalant to me. And, you know, I try to really be that. Uh, and, so, and and I, I thought it was for everybody else, but it really is for myself as well, because I don't like to I don't like to be that 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 uh, that absence of energy, you know, mm. I've always sort of been that pick me up person um, for not only others, but even for myself sometimes. So it helps. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's tough. Yeah. Well, I think that's I mean I think it's gonna be very telling about the back, right? Because if if you if you're if the happy is something that you feel responsible to do, maybe you said for yourself a little bit too. But I think mm-hmm. when you first described it, you 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 described it more what you do for others. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so imagine imagine how we can justify so many things. Because we we got good at it, right? We got good at it. So I'm excited. I'm, uh, let me go do the back, and then I'm excited to jump right. into this next part because maybe Sounds it will good. it will lead into that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the back of my mask, and these are the things that are really trying. To, because I make a lot of masks, I'm always trying to like really just tap into like what's happening really present right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this is a worried fear of, and I put some lines there. Uh, because uh, I got lots of fears right now uh, yeah. that I'm that I'm working through and self doubt, and when I think of fear, I'm thinking about fear of failure, thinking about what does massive success look like. Like I'm, I fear sometimes. I'm, I have a brother who has um, uh, mental health issues, and um, I saw him the other day again walking around Oakland, and I just my heart was just breaking. You know, my heart was. <sighs> You know, it, it, yeah. So I, I fear him getting hurt. I fear something happening. Like you, when you watch somebody who is deteriorating, it's one thing when you watch somebody who's in the neighborhood deteriorating. You're like, man, this person has got it bad. But when you watch your own family member, your own brother, your own blood, um, it it sometimes feels it feels like helpless. And mm-hmm. and I put self doubt because like I can't. There's nothing I can do. Like. I, I work with young people all over, all the time, like thousands of young people a year. I facilitate workshops for and my own brother, who I've been knowing since he was bir- at birth, right? Mm-hmm. I have no, I have, my, my superpower is useless with him. And so sometimes it makes me just, I, I know it's not my responsibility to save him. He's an adult, you know, but it's something when you love somebody, you 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 can't just watch them and fall apart and be like, oh, well, it's their life. They'll figure it out. It, well, for me, it doesn't work that way. I mean, Absolutely. and as many times as he is, and times he has, you know, betrayed my trust and he's lied and he's done blah, blah, blah. It comes back to that place of like, I helped raise him. And so mm-hmm. I, I have, my heart is invested in him, you know? So those are the things that are really present right now for me. So that's the back of my mask. I like that. Right on. Yeah, and I and I'm with you there, and and it's a matter of you know us being, us really caring about what drives us, or us caring about like what means a lot to us. That's why it that's why it affects us so much because, you know, if 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 there's a way to go about something, we're gonna try to find a way to do it. Those who want to, and uh, those who if it doesn't matter to us, and it's just like ah, well, it doesn't matter. And we we'll we'll just kind of give that up, but to, in in your instance, it, you really care, and that's that's the beautiful part of it that you you want to try it and, and do something about it, and you're 
always trying and you don't give up, which is, I respect that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but it's hard too, right? I mean, I think the, the not giving up part is like, like there's times where, where he comes around and he frustrates me. Bless you. Uh, he, he must be in the environment. He's, I'm feeling his inner like <laughs> he's like, take that, take that. Um, um, but I but I think that I um yeah, I, I when you're at that place where it's like I'm at the end of what I can do, I can just still continue to care. I can continue to care, I continue to show love and continue to be as much mm-hmm. of a, a a brother to him as I can and in this way. Um and that's all I can do, you know. So absolutely. Yeah. So those are the those are the things that are standing out the most in this present moment. So yeah, right thank you. Yeah, of course. I, I felt the same way when I was doing the back of my mask. I was like mm. in that moment and I was just like, No, go back and nope. And I stopped and I grabbed the paper and I said, No. Those are the three that you put down and those are the if you felt that in that moment, there's a reason for it. And I sat there and I was just like you know, it's it's it might be very instinctive, but it, there's a purpose. There's a there's a action and reaction. You did it. What's the reason for it? So yeah. mine, almost just like yours. I have fear, mm-hmm. doubt, and loneliness. And mm-hmm. just like you, I have fear of. I have fear of a lot of things, and I uh, being lonely is one of them but the fear really incorporates to like, you know, just the fear of not being accepted, which is yeah. kind of goes hand in hand with that happy part of the mask, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That fear. If I'm not that person where I, I just, people will just kind of like, just, all right, well, he's not that guy anymore. So we'll just, we'll just leave him like, you know, and mm. it's, it's that fear and it's a fear of not being, enough for anybody i guess that's that's really what it is fear of not being enough and that hurts me that and that that drives deep too to like my past and stuff so um self-doubt um the why i thought about that was because of work i'm currently in a position to like be a leader and like be like Mm -hmm. a foreman and stuff like that and they kind of like challenged me recently like they put me a week with my own people and you know it wasn't it wasn't like uh, on purpose it was just kind of like a hey we need the people so we're gonna send you out there with some people and i was just like man that was where the lack of empowerment came and i was like am i doing this right am i enough you know like am i you know mm-hmm. so that's where the self-doubt came from and then the loneliness as well the fear of you know of everything that i mentioned and all that self-doubt causing me to you know, criticize myself so much where I'll just be, I won't have anyone. Yeah. So, and yeah. nobody wants that. That's not a life that anybody wants to have, you know? So yeah. that was, that's my, that's my uh, back of my mask. And again, it was very yeah. instinctive. And in that moment. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think I, I want to, I resonate with the fear and the feeling of not being enough. I, I resonate a lot. And I think, do you know where that came from? Have you had you had a chance to look back and see where that where that maybe where that first showed up in your in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I wasn't 
it was it started kind of like back in like middle school high school i was uh i was a very big outcast and mm-hmm. um and my 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 wife I, I i actually got married since i last saw you uh what yeah congratulations thank you thank you i actually got married and my my wife i've <laughs> i've met her i've known her since 6th grade and uh yeah since 6th grade and it's it's a crazy story but even when I said that to her, she said, what do you mean? Like you, everybody knew you, like you were the, you were a cool kid. And I was like, it didn't feel that way. And then when I got into high mm. school, I was in, I was very like, I had a bunch of different crowds. I had like my ROTC crowd, my marching band crowd. I had the, all my mm. other friends and stuff. And, and it's, I was just very like, you know, I'm very loud and outbursting and I have a very like open personality and I wasn't particularly great with conversation and boundaries. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, slowly that, that kind of took over as far as like, am I being a good enough friend? And that's, that's kind of the root cause of that. And, and it, it trickled into like, even my family, like, can I really like be myself, you know? And so, um, but yeah, that's really the root cause right there in the sense of the fear and uh it was something that like when i finally understood i was like wow and it it didn't feel good obviously and that's and that's sort of kind of why i want to get into that you know that aspect of you know helping others not have to feel that way yeah first of all thank you for sharing that and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I think when I think about middle school, middle school, I mean, I work with a lot of middle schoolers. Uh, middle school is a tough age. And um, my middle school experience also similar. I, maybe I don't know if I would use the word outcast for myself. I think I was, I wanted to be in everybody. I wanted to be everywhere, but I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I was a part, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like, and I guess maybe, I, maybe, maybe it's very similar in that way. I think I was like, um, trying to figure out who I was, but also feeling not good enough, not cool enough, not, not handsome enough, not, not tough enough. Right. Like, absolutely. and I felt like I always had to continue proving it. Right. It was always a constant mm-hmm. proving it. You better prove it. And I, I'm not really into fighting. I mean, elementary, I fought a lot, but I never, I never started fights. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always returned. I, I will gladly return. <laughs> but I never started them, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I think like in middle school, the couple, the one or two instances in middle school, um, I wasn't into starting stuff. I was just I wanted to be fun and friendly and cool with people. And then always like, why are people being jerks? Why are they? Why do they mm-hmm. want to call you names? Why do they want to make fun of you? Why do they? Why do people want to do that? Right? And and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes there's those things where you're like, why am I trying to be friends with the most jerkiest people like that's so dumb that you would want to be friends with people who are always often acting like jerks and it's almost like the what we can't have we want the most sometimes right like right um but i think when you talked about the when i when the reason i connected to middle school around the not being enough i think you know i was the oldest of of four eventually started off at three and i was responsible for like to help raise my siblings you know mm-hmm. and I think that it was kind of like as much as I knew my mom loved me I also felt that there was it was always conditional right like mm-hmm. like like 
I think I remember one TV show where they, they were arguing with their mom about allowance. I don't know what show I was watching. Some some after school show, right? Mm-hmm. And I went to my mom. I'm like, hey, why don't we get no allowance? And she was like, allowance? I ain't paying you for stuff you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I was like, I got that. I mean, in the in the show, it's it made so much sense. And then when I went to her, she was she flipped me around like a yeah. like a freaking jujitsu magic. <laughs> and I'm like feeling guilty that I asked for some allowance. Like yeah, like like I'm supposed to be wanting to clean this house all the time. Like right. I, like those are things like I should want to do. I don't want to, but then she guilted me into like. So I was always feeling like, oh well, I guess I. I I, I gotta go watch that show again. There was no, there was no on demand back then, you know. So you can't yeah. go watch the show again and figure out the the highlights. You gotta like wait two years for the show to go again. Wait for the rerun. Can... <laughs> 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 yeah. Wait, wait for the syndication three years later, and by yep. that time, you're, you, you, you that argument is lost, right? Yeah. But I, but I think that just knowing, like, like man, like I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to do help out. I'm trying to be the man of the house when there's no man in the house. And I'm like, but how, how how should a seven year old ever be comparing himself to what a man is supposed to do? Like, exactly. So, so, so if you were told you're the man of the house at seven and you don't feel manly, I I, I was barely figuring out how to be a boy. And I was Mm -hmm. told I was supposed to be the man of the house. I'm like, uncle, slow down. Like (laughs) I'm barely learning how to aim in this little bucket right here. Right. You know, my mom's yelling at me all the time. I leave the seat up. I, I don't feel like a man, you know? (laughs) <laughs> Nobody yells at a man like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think there was it was constantly always like, man, how am yeah. I the how how am I being given this title of man of the house yet? Like somebody's still always in charge of me. Somebody always gets to tell me what to do. I don't get to make my own rules. So I'm holding a title that is actually is is like almost empty. You know. Yeah. Wow. And I think that that started really young, and so then it's always been a question well I'm, I'm i'm an adult now i'm a man so i, I got my i got a job i got paid my bills i'm nobody takes care of me i take care of myself right and then sometimes you're still just like why don't why isn't that enough mm-hmm. because it started off so young not feeling enough you gotta like erase some of those old programmings right because they're, they're only programmings and they replay they replay and they replay and they replay so um i thank you for sharing that because it, it definitely resonated yeah. with me man of course yeah. no yeah yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough when it comes to those things, like especially um, how you said, like you know, the allowance thing, and you know, wanting to fit in. Uh, and I was really that kid that was just like, oh, mom, like these kid, the kids, every when vans and like skinny jeans were like the new fad and stuff like that. Like when when I was in middle school, high school, that was came out. I'm like, mom, I want some vans and and some pants like that. And they're like, why? So you can be just like everybody else. And I was just like, but I want them. And so I really tried as much as I could to like go get some knockoff vans, you know, like some airwalks or something like that, just to like even fit in. Like, oh, yeah, he got the new shoes, too, you know. So it was the it was the absence of not of, of being recognized that that made me want that you know how, how you said like we want what we don't have and those kind of things and i guess looking at that too you know even like with today like yeah up, up to today like we've created like this this stigma of what a what, not what just a boy should be but also what a girl should be you know just young adolescent teenagers and you know like it, it's a societal thing and it's also it could be even influenced like culturally um, and what I mean by that is like, even if like how, you know, how certain 
certain ethnicities view uh she, uh she needs to be a housewife you know you're supposed to work hard enough for her to be at home and this is and that is and that is instilled in the child and they have this sort of entitlement to fulfill because of what their parents put in them whether it's you know the boy he has to be strong he has to be the breadwinner of the family he has to be the yeah. he has to hide his emotions and things like that and he has to be that tough yeah. tough barrier the female has to be the the pretty one and the housewife and you know she has to take care of everyone despite of however she feels it's the same it, it all it all comes down to having to take care of the other one despite yeah. how you feel yeah. and um you know one thing kind of trails off into another and it, it what does it come back to it kind of comes back to acceptance yeah yeah you know and uh yeah it's 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 a tough one it's it's a tough thing to kind of like grasp and i i have i've been in that road for quite a while and it, it's a tough mm-hmm. one to even just like even when someone asks you like how often how often does someone come along and ask you how are you and it's not like mm-hmm. good no mm-hmm. how are you you know it's much deeper than that it's like okay like it's so normal for us to say oh i'm great let me pull you to the side i asked how are you how are you up here how's everything are you okay and i had someone ask me that one time and i just i broke down because that Mm. that dam that i built and built had a crack in it and that created pressure Mm. and it busted yeah so Mm. And, and, and so, so t- can you tell me about more about that part when that person came to you? Was that a person you trusted? So imagine if you let the dam bust open, it may it may have been a person that you trusted, or was the question just out of left field that it just caught you off guard and you 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 didn't see it coming? It was both. It was a. It just so happened to be a person I trusted, and it it caught me off guard. Mm. Uh, and I guess that's why I let it out because that was the last thing I expected coming. You know, I, that wasn't a question that I had that I was ready to answer. Mm. Luckily it was just, it was just me and him. Yeah. And, and even if there was anybody, anybody else around, I, I would have been okay with that. But, you know, just to me having let that out and being okay with letting it out was what, what, mm. what I loved more about it because I was able to, I was comfortable with that, that feeling of, you know, just kind of letting go. A little bit and uh, yeah. i think that's i think that should be okay for anybody have you how long ago was that how long ago was that experience that that this moment you're talking about that was a that one was a couple years ago uh okay. when prior to the recent move okay and uh it was just yeah and has have has this person come back and ask you again have you had a have you ever had somebody else come and go deep with you so you could go deep recently yeah i had a follow-up um it's uh my uncle and he asked he said how are you doing i said i'm i'm doing great and he said why what's different i said because i'm trying to be i'm, I'm really practicing the moment of being present i'm trying to understand the way that i feel and and uh, more in depth 
from like a sort of like psychological, well, excuse me, like from like a psychologist viewpoint, sort of, so to speak. Mm. I have a, I have this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan. Pe- I'm a, I'm a very big fan of like his work and stuff, and the a few th- some of the things that he says, and I watch a lot of his his. Uh, what's the word? His like classes that he does mm, um, like okay. they're just like his youtube videos where he's doing seminars and stuff like that okay okay and there's some things that like he says it like just speaks out to me and i read i picked up his book 12 reasons for life 12 mm. yeah i believe that's what it's called um and he he said that you make the world a much worse place if you don't take care of yourself and the rule that mm. that's based on, oh, 12 rules for life. That's what it's called. Okay, um, okay, okay. 12 rules for life. And he said, take care of yourself as if you, as if uh, someone you're responsible for. Mm. So why, and so why is it so easy for us to take care of somebody else's needs and <laughs> not our own? And mm. I, when I heard that, I said, wow. Well, when I heard and read it, it just it hit me hard because I sat and I stopped reading and I said, why is it hard? Is It's because we want to be able to help that person in the moment because we feel we can just come back at any other time and take, take care of it later. Mm. And little do we know, the longer we wait, the, the harder it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. The, take care of yourself as if it was somebody you were responsible for. I, I love that. I, I love that. And it's, I think it maybe connects to the, uh, a saying that talks about, like, treat yourself like somebody you love. Exactly. Right? How often do we, do I, I'm saying, where we, how often do I, like, talk to myself when I, when I hear those voices in my head, they are not loving words that I say to myself. To my, to my young people in my work, to my mentees, to my friends, I am, I love giving out positive loving messages and i am when i look at myself and when ashanti is talking about ashanti mm-hmm. it's not often the same and, I, and I'm, I'm getting better i'm getting better I, today i Good. was talk, talking to the young men about that context like what is the voice you hear even when you're not saying the words out loud but you're you're you're, you're saying it you're saying it you're feeling it you're hearing it and it's what you're saying about yourself to yourself that sometimes is more powerful than anything anybody else could ever say to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it probably wouldn't be how you would let yourself with the vocal cords and the vibrations of your voice say it to someone. You would probably never talk to someone like that. But the way that I find myself talking to myself and the way that I hear other young people talk to themselves, it's that work. And I'm excited about this journey because the journey that I'm pushing myself through right now is this journey of fear. Like, what's what's fear? Why is fear getting in the way? Why is what is fear blocking me? Like writing a book, what what am I afraid about? Why do I keep holding myself back? Why do I not dedicate? I will dedicate to other people all all day long. And at the end of the day, I have no energy left, and I'm like, I want to write. I should be writing a book. But I have no energy left, and I've given <laughs> I've given it all. I've, my battery is on E, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and I char- I charge this thing up way better than I charge myself up. Wow. This thing That's... does. This wow. thing when I if if I get to twenty percent, I'm like, 
I better find some charging. <laughs> Man, I will be on E and I'll be keep trying to go. I'll keep trying to go with no mm-hmm. energy. No. And I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. It's interesting, right? It's interesting how absolutely how real that is for me. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up that book. I actually I heard him talk. I heard a lecture that he was talking about that book, and I have not picked it up. So maybe that's gonna be one of my summer 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 reads. That I I feel like, uh, that's a good one. And lecture was the word I was looking for. Lecture oh, okay. was the way. So th- I, that so that book I haven't finished it. It's a long book, and. <laughs> I have to sometimes look at the words and I'm just like, I try to really, really put, like use context clues to what some of the big words mean. But then I use dictionary.com. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That makes sense now. So I, I saw a little slow with the book. Um, another one that I would highly, highly recommend to you is called um, Permission to Feel by Mark. Oh, Brackett. come on now. Come on. Where is it at? I got that one. You got that one? Oh, I got man. that one. Oh, that's a great, that's a beautiful book. I, I All right. I'm going to get deep. I'm going to start going deep now, Shanti. Um, All right. About a year ago to the day, I was I was um, diagnosed with stage one cancer, testicular cancer. Okay. Okay. Thank you, brother. Yeah. And I uh, I went through chemo. I went through one session of chemo and today I had my blood test and my CT scan and I'm supposed to be seeing the doctor on Monday. Okay. okay. And uh, I'm so thankful and blessed to be where I'm at. And to it's like the timing was right um, when it happened. Not that it's a great thing, but when it happened, where I'm at right now in my life, my living situation and everything, like everything couldn't have fallen in line better. And um, and my my wife works for the same company that gave me my chemo, and she works hand in hand with the doctors. And she, she looked at my scans and she said, "Hey, I think everything's gonna be okay." And I said, "Well, I hope so." And fingers crossed. And and uh, you know that. So that's really what got me into wanting to do this because sitting there with people who are 50 years older than you hits you different and every time they come every day that i went you know you get to know people hey how you doing how you doing you sit you chit chat sit and chit chat with them and it's crazy you don't you don't realize it until you know every time they give you your 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 steroid or your your bag of chemo they ask you for your birthday Hmm. oh seven one nine six Okay, and they put it up, and then the person next to me, eight three from forty seven. I said, mm. from what? And it wasn't mm. until then that I started that that I began to like fathom and understand we are here for not a long time, and we need to make mm. the best of it. And my mom came, and the whole week. The whole week that I was, she 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 left Vegas and she came over here for the whole week and she took me from my appointments and took help me help take care of me and everything and she brought me this book and she brought mm. me uh it's called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty I haven't got mm. to it yet but okay. I started this one and I'm like two chapters in two three chapters in and the 
even just like the first two pages, the prologue of what he says, I started bawling. I started crying because I just, these were words that I needed to hear a long time ago. It's okay to let yourself feel. It's okay to let yourself be submissive to these things. You don't have to fit into fall into that stigma. And um, it was, a, it's a beautiful book so far. And life is just something that we all need to be really grateful for. And what I mean by that is I started, a tr I started um, doing little things religiously throughout my day, not, not religion, but like to the book and I would wake up and give myself like, you know, a daily affirmation mm -hmm. here. I woke up today. What's the best. And that's what I'd say to people. How you doing today? I woke up today. It's a great day. That's the first thing I tell people, and they, and they, some people look at it like, oh, well, that's a very pessimistic viewpoint, or like, it's a, well, no, it's it's not supposed to be, it's it's not, mm. and it is what it is thing. It's a, I'm very fortunate. Wake yeah. up early, four o'clock every day, whatever it is, you know, have my cup of coffee if if need be, you know, sit there and feel myself like, okay, no rush, let's get up early, let's get ready for work, let's get. I try not to rush myself. Turtles turtles live longer than rabbits. I've heard, I forgot where I heard that, but I, I heard when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's because they, in, in, in Spanish, there's a saying too, el que vive rápido se va rápido. Mm. If you live fast, if you, if you're moving fast, you're going to mm. go fast. Mm. And, you know, so th that helped me begin to, I'm not, an, I'm not an expert mm. at it yet, but begin to feel and and do those things for myself and actually i even uh a part of that morning ritual is i began journaling i have mm. a i have a journal like with like three weeks of entries and it's not it's not particularly like a it's it varies from how do you feel right now to my day was this or i feel like this i, I have hope or whatever you know it's yeah. the little things that you have to do to take care of yourself and um and even if you don't know what to do a beautiful thing is that we all have something to contribute no matter who you are. Yeah. We all have something to contribute. Like, Hey, this works for me. You try it. It doesn't work. I'll try the next thing and so on and so forth, man. So, um, but going back to that, that was, a. Uh, I was, uh, when I, when I got diagnosed, I was at work when they called me, they said, Hey, we, we, this is what's going on. And, you're going to need chemotherapy. I remember like I, I hung up the mm. phone and I hung up the phone and I started crying. My foreman was like, what's going on? And they were, my, my mm. team was, was aware of it and we're all really close. And when they heard about yeah, it, yeah. they stopped what they were doing. We like got a group hug and like, everything's okay. They're like, do you need anything? And prior to my chemo, I was going to get surgery to get it removed. Okay. It was a tumor. So I got it removed. Okay. And, okay, okay. and after that phone call, I, I went home, but I went to the parking lot to my truck. I called my aunt, Vanessa, and I was just, it was, it was the, aside from the conversation that I had with my uncle of, am I okay? That was probably the hardest I ever cried. Hmm. And I lost myself for like those five minutes that I had a conversation with her. She said, what's going on? And I explained to her and she was very worried and she said i don't want you to be alone where can you go i said i can go with my in-laws and she said okay call me when you get there so she was there every step of the way 
and mm. she's she's definitely someone that I'm very thankful for um, uh, on this on this journey of my recovery because she was there from she's there from day one. She's calls me, hey, you need anything? You call, you you know, and yeah. it's the hospital. It's a it's the hospitality of a person that like you know that really like makes me happy like there's still there's really good people out there in the world yeah um yeah but yeah there's a a lot to be grateful for and you know creating that discipline for yourself whatever it may be to help yourself recover is is what you can do to treat yourself like someone you're responsible for you know Mm. oh man first of all i want to say thank you for sharing that and i I am. I appreciate you, and I think you're gonna. I don't think you know how much that's gonna help some young people. And um, and I'm thinking about one young man in particular who has spoken about having fear about this, about that reality, about something, about about noticing some kind of growth and noticing some, and not wanting to go to the doctor because he doesn't want to know what's gonna happen, and he's worried. And I'm like, you you're choosing not to know. And, and I, you know, I, I can't, I can't understand all the fear that he's feeling. He doesn't mm-hmm. know a diagnosis. He doesn't, but he's resisting to go get it checked out, you know? And, and I'm like, brother, I, all I can tell you is the sooner, you know, the maybe the sooner something can happen, but to, to resist it, to feel it, to be worrying about it, you're, you're basically, you're, you're creating, you're creating the, 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 the feeling in your body that there is something wrong, right? You, even though it hasn't yet been confirmed, you know? And I think the same thing, thing like Joe Dosuspenza talks about this idea of like how our minds are powerful, right? Our minds, yeah. our thoughts create things, right? Mm-hmm. Like your, your, your body doesn't know if you actually saw a bear or if you really, really imagined or remembered seeing a bear, like you can create the same energy overload by remembering the thing again, yeah, even though the thing hasn't happened, or even if it never happened, the fear yeah. can be so overwhelming of, of of anticipation of something happening. You can create the same type of hormones in your body that is like as if it's happening. Uh, it. I don't want to cut you off or anything, but it's funny that you say that because well, I'm gonna throw in a little fun fact. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, eating eating a carbohydrate or any kind of sugar first thing in the morning. Like, well, it doesn't not even in the morning, like after you break your fast mm-hmm. can stimulate enough adrenaline to sit to uh, stimulate you as if you were uh, to feel as if you were running for away from like a cheetah or a lion. That's what they <laughs> that's what they said, like because your insulin levels like spike so high, like all that like sugar rush that you're having after your stomach's been empty and processed yeah. everything you already had. It just spikes yeah. it up. I just thought that was interesting. Just figured I'd throw that in there. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. And and then and then and same thing you just said. Like and then what happens after? Then the crash, right? They crash. Exactly. Then, then the crash, right? And so like you know, for kids, I grew up on cereal. I grew up on sweet, yeah. sugary cereal. So at home, you got a lot of energy, and you get the first <laughs> you get the first period. And you're just like oh. <laughs> you're like. And your parents are like, my kid has plenty of energy. What do you mean my kid is sleeping in class? What do you mean my kid? Well, the, some parents didn't even know that the sugar yeah. could do that to you, right? They just thought, yeah. yeah, breakfast. He ate breakfast. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. he ate a he ate 25 grams of sugar 
in 35 seconds. That's it. Drink, drink the other 35 ounces of sugar in the in milk. The milk. Yep. <laughs> and then he went to school, like, and he crashed, right? Yeah. And, it, and, and you don't even know that that's happening. And how often are we doing things that we don't even know could absolutely. be Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's those little things like it's it's goes hand in hand with our mental health, like what we consume. And they say you are what you eat. If you eat like poop, you're going to mm. feel like poop. And yeah. and don't eat sugar first thing in the morning, kids. Drink mm. each protein and eat your fats. Mm. First thing in the morning. That that'll help that'll help it prolong it and you'll feel you'll have a lot of energy for a longer span of time. And I I that's kind of one thing I slowly did too, like uh don't have if you want to have a cup of coffee have it black it has five calories it won't do if you don't add sugar it's only five calories for an eight ounce serving i believe something like that and uh if but if you add like creamer and sugar you're gonna put add that up to like 300 calories 400 calories you go to starbucks you're gonna have a 700 calorie drink and Man, it, it I can keep going on and on about that stuff. That stuff's kind of cool to me, but uh again, that goes with like the health the health stuff and you got to take yeah. care of yourself in every way you can. Um yeah. but ain't nothing wrong with having a burger or something now and then, you know. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, I know I know for me uh keto is a uh, keto is one uh a type of eating that works really well for me, right? Like really? leaving the sh- cause sugar sugar is uh, my enemy. Sugar I have an addiction to sugar. I have an addiction Okay. To flour and sugar, I love them and they love me, and uh, <laughs> but they don't do. It's not. It doesn't do good for me, right? It's no good. Yeah, for me, yeah. But, it, but but I and I also run to it for comfort. I run to it to escape. Uh, I run to it. I do sweets. It's my it's my jug of choice, right? It's my, and I think that before I thought something was wrong with me, like that. Um, I would in college I would be like people like, oh, we, we're going to this party. I said, well, I don't drink and I don't smoke, but I eat. Is there gonna be food there? You know, <laughs> and they'd be like, "I'm that what? guy." Yeah, and I remember like how food was my go-to, and it was, mm-hmm. and 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 I, and I could also be, you know, righteous and think like because I don't drink or smoke that I'm better than somebody. But I just use food because I'm a big guy, and food can you can you can like people are not gonna be like judging you because you eat a lot because you're a big guy because that's just normal. Mm-hmm. But it's just a drug. It's just a different type of drug that I'm using to comfort things I don't want to deal with, exactly and feelings I don't want to experience, and emotions I don't want to face, and yeah, and trauma I don't want to resolve or heal from, or you know, to. or I, yeah. or I need to, but I just don't want to face it, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. We Ooh, all have we. Our own little, little, yeah. I want, I want first of all, you know, I, I first so I'm so Monday, this Monday coming up is going to be uh you're going to get some new some 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 news. Is that is that accurate? Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Man. And I I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. I'll let you know. Okay. Well, you know, I am I I'm really thankful for you making time for this conversation. I think here here's what I'm going to here's what I am I'm hoping as soon as this episode go live, I'm going to share it with the young man who I I'm thinking about right now and I'm hoping I, I, who knows what the magic thing that inspires somebody to finally take action, but I, I, I have a feeling that him hearing from someone who has been through it and who is getting through it could help him, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I only tell him from a from a mentor perspective, like, man, you really you can get through this, whatever it is, you you know. But I'm only speaking from you know positive thinking, right? I'm only speaking from 
I'm not speaking from personal experience, right? And so mm-hmm. um, I just want to appreciate you for sharing your story because, and maybe there's some other young men out there who are noticing some things or feeling some things and noticing things in their body that they don't want to face, that they don't want to deal with. And maybe they just need to know that, man, there's nothing wrong with you, right? And that you can get through this too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if I have, if I have, if I have to give any message out there to whoever wants to, you know, listen in, trust the process. I have this quick, quick, quick little theory. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a quick little theory that, um, for that comes from the quote, everything will be all right. Mm -hmm. You have a situation, whether it goes in, let's say you have an event whether it goes in a good or a bad direction, yeah, you can ride that out and that's going to end up going into something good. You want to take an ex- uh, the example that I use is a breakup. Yeah. A breakup happens. It's going to be bad because you're going to have withdrawals. You want to be with that person. Yeah. That endpoint will be good. And they say, how? I don't understand. And I said, mm-hmm. it's going to be good because what do you learn from that? You you learn what you didn't have, which is you're going to have a lot more self-love for yourself. You're going to you're gonna pretty much what they say, know your worth. Mm. So that bad outcome will turn into something great, beautiful. I, uh, or the move, my move to Texas. Mm. I had, I didn't, I didn't have a job for like two weeks. And once I started work, bam and you know got an apartment and and i was i i did things to to do my streaming and stuff so that that situation of not having work and then finally getting a job led to one thing after another so everything will be all right is exactly what it sounds like don't think no no feeling is temporary excuse me every feeling is temporary it's not Mm -hmm. the end result Mm -hmm. so yeah man well, brother, I am proud of you, and I and I and I want to first of all just say I I honor you for sharing this story. I think anytime a, a man comes to this conversation and was willing to like take even uh, take layers of that mask off and know that all, my my hope is that it inspires not only them to be like I'm I'm not I'm not alone in this, and it hopefully inspires hundreds and thousands of people out in the world to say oh, I'm not alone in this, and if and if that man can do it then I can do it. And age is not a guarantee for our ability to, for whatever, like health is, we would think that you're young, you're healthy, you're older, you get less healthy, but it can happen so many different ways. And so many different of the billions of people on the planet, everyone is going to experience a unique life in their own way. So thank you for this. And thank you for, I'm going to put those book links to those books in the show notes. And I think uh, I am, uh, I I am uh, a reader in that way too. And so, Thank you for that, and thank you for. Uh, I'm. Uh, have you? Um, do you you listen to any books on Audible? Do you do? You, uh, or are you more? Are you more of a reader? Are you more? Of a no, reader? I I have to. <laughs> I try to. I'm kind of. It's kind of like a double edged sword. Like I have to buy the Audible books <laughs> and the actual books because it, it helps if someone reads to me. Mm. Uh, it helps me stay pay attention because my ADD will just be like, oh, you know, just I'll wander off. So nice. I I do the audio books and it helps having the words like being read and you know, awesome. So, yeah. Well, that's the, Def, that's the, definitely good. That's how I, that's how I get through them too. So yeah. man, I look forward to us you know having conversations about other ones that you're reading that's coming up and 
uh, I look forward to the next conversation. And absolutely. Um, and is there anything you want to say? I mean, you just gave a message, which was a beautiful message to folks out there. But is there any last words you want to say before we close out? I just want to. I just want to say thank you for you know taking the time to talk, and I love what you do. And I have I had my experience, but you are also a huge like part of why I want to do this. And you know, and if there's any way I could help with ever forward, just just let me know, please. I'd be I would love to help, and I would love to to you know start putting my name out there in the in that world. Oh man, well we need you, and I want to tell you here here's what here's what's happening right now, and I'll tell you because I haven't announced it here on the podcast, but we set a date eleven eleven twenty two. Okay, November eleventh of twenty twenty two. We are going to uh, celebrate um, uh, this million mask movement. We're going to create a celebration on that day, and what we would love to happen. Our vision by that day is that a hundred schools. Uh, or around the country would have a minimum attendance of a thousand students. So this, any school can do it, but we're, we're targeting a number just for a number's sake, but a hundred schools that have a thousand students each are going to take the million mask movement to their school, to their students. And we awesome. need, we're, we're, we're going to be training facilitators regionally. So, you know, uh, we, we're coming to, we're going to be coming to Texas. We're going to be coming to the East Coast. We're going to be doing it here in Northern California, Southern California. So we would love you to be available to come to one of those regional trainings. Absolutely. And that is the work that we want to invite people to do in their communities because mm-hmm. there's a need. There's a need. And I think our young people need it and deserve it to know that they're not alone, that uh, even though they've had to put on these really tough masks, these mm-hmm. hard shells, other people have too. And that if we can get more people like yourself who are saying, I want to support people in my community, whether they're young people, teachers, parents, adults, men, like I'm going to go and and we want to um, equip you with those tools and you're going to help us with our goal. Like it's a win-win. It's a win for you to f- do the thing that you feel passionate about. It's a win for us in this movement of a to million expand. masks. That's right. And we're Love ready. It. So yeah. stay tuned and I'll be letting you know when we have our regional training. Maybe we'll bring it to your city right near you. Uh, and we'll be back at South by Southwest again in 2023, which I'm really excited about. Cool. So stay tuned. Sounds good. All right. forward, coming to a city near you. That's right. <laughs> Let's go. 100 schools, 1,000 student population, million mask movement. We're starting in August of 2022. So in the next month, We'll be kicking off our first regional training to train facilitators to do this work. And so if you're interested, let if you know a teacher who's interested, if you know a community who's interested, let them know um, that we're ready. And that will be kicking off very, very soon. So, David, you're you're in you're in the mix. All right. And, I love and it. Now, and, and now you've made a mask. You are a part of this movement. You're not just um, an observer of it. You are a part of it. And however you get inspired to help us amplify the mission of this work, uh, please help us. You know, you have ideas that we don't have yet and that's how we're going to do it. So I'm ready. I'm excited to work with you more and I look forward to the next season of this work, brother. Likewise, brother. I appreciate you very much, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Right on. Well, folks, if you want to make a mask, you can do that at millionmask.org. You can do it digitally. You know, David and I shared our mask here publicly, but you don't have to do that. You can share your mask anonymously at millionmask.org. The link will be in the show notes. Um, you can follow us on social media, Ever Forward Club, at Ever Forward Club on all platforms. 
And we look forward to you being a part of not only um, the Million Mask movement itself, but transforming the communities around you for young men and boys who need to know that they are not alone. Uh, and this is not a, just a movement for young men and boys, but the work that we do in this podcast is giving men space to take off our emotional masks in a healthy way, in a safe way. And so thank you for the work you're doing out there in the world. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Taking Off The Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off The Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.